Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast. Your weekly episode where we break down the latest and greatest in movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us. Today is February the 18th, 2024. This is episode 423 of our fine show. We're recording in the morning. So I've got morning voice. Get excited for morning voice. Let's do, uh, let's, yeah, let's just jump right into it. Probably a shorty one this morning. Not a whole lot going on, but some key updates to some things we've been tracking. Uh, so uh, without further ado, let's jump into it. Yep, we start this Sunday morning as our new schedule realigns to mm-hmm. a Sunday podcast with the Billboard. We start the Billboard with the Hot 100 chart, and yep. the number one hottest song in the land is Stay Tuned yes. by We Adjust to a New Schedule. Yeah, so Various there artists. are no charts yet. Taylor's These version. are the same charts as last week. <laughs> The same as last week because they don't actually update until later. So we won't be able to do this segment until next Sunday. Then we'll start anew with the new schedule and update you on the charts that happened the previous uh, week. Basically, that's how we're going to do it now. Uh, Same thing with the Billboard 200, your albums chart. Yeah. But if we had to pick a Hot 100, Hot 200 song, where does (laughs) Beyonce land on this? Uh, Yeah, I would imagine that we're going to see Beyonce here. Uh, It's not you know, rocket science to figure that one out. I imagine it will be Texas Hold'em will be your number one. Um, it seems like the crowd favorite. I saw some stuff today about how, like, country radio might actually play it, which is shocking, uh, but they might actually do it. What? Uh, Beyonce on country radio? It could happen. It could happen to you. And remember when we were talking about Lil Nas X being banned from country radio? I know. Hopefully they learned their lesson. Yes, he just needed like the most Grammy wins during yeah. that. So it helps, turns out. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh let's go into the uh music news then. Uh, no, sorry, new no, releases. You skip new releases. I knew you were gonna do that. Yep, we're gonna start <laughs> with new releases, starting with The Past is Still Alive by oh, Hooray for the Riff Raff. <laughs> Rooting for Love. By Letitia Sadler. Mm-hmm. Untamed the Tiger by Mary Timoney. Daniel by Real Estate. And lastly, Loss of Life by MGMT. Yes, yes. that MGMT. Yeah, eclectic week this week. <laughs> Needless it to say. Is. All right, let's get into the music news. And... Order in the court. Order in the court. We have a lawsuit here. No, we don't have a lawsuit. It's just a snub. Yeah, we'll see. Paramore, not surprisingly, is balking at the idea of singularly getting an honor from the Tennessee legislators celebrating the Grams, the bands, the Grams, Bandy, uh, Dominate, (laughs) the bands, Grammy accomplishments. After what if there the was G- an awards called the the Bandies for the best bands? <laughs> the Bandies? <laughs> the Bandies. Just, uh, Antonio Banderas would always <laughs> both host and win. <laughs> yes, yeah, somehow. 
So um, they are balking at the idea of a GOP-led House. Uh, sorry, after the GOP-led House snubbed fellow winner Allison Russell for a similar similar resolution. Quote, the blatant racism of our state leadership is embarrassing and cruel, singer Haley Williams said as part of a lengthy statement. Uh, quote, myself, as well as Paramore, will continue to encourage young people to show up to vote with equality in mind, end quote. The actions of the Tennessee legislature made headlines and drew the attention of music fans nationwide after the two artists got different receptions, with many wondering aloud if the impetus behind the different treatments was evident just by just in the side-by-side photos of the two artists. Yeah, not a good look uh, for the Tennessee uh, legislature here. Um, yeah, it could be blatant racism. It likely is. It could just be like that they just said, well, more people know who Paramore is. Maybe not enough people know who Alison Russell is, which is probably incorrect. I would imagine that if you know modern Paramore, you probably know who Alison Russell is. Just a, just a hunch of mine. Additionally, I wonder how much of this is about the content of Alison Russell's songwriting. She's a very political songwriter. She writes a lot about the struggle of being a Black woman in the genre of Americana. She writes about real things that have happened to her life. I'm not super shocked that a conservative uh, Tennessee house was like, eh, I don't know about this one, but but the rock band fronted by the, the white woman, sure, we'll give them an honor. It's just, yeah, it's very, very weird. I don't like it at all. It's a bad look. And I'm glad that Haley said something about it. I'm glad that they're out there being like, no, actually, like, we respect Allison's work, and she should have gotten the thing that we want. So sorry, you can have your trophy back. I mean, didn't they win in the exact same ceremony, too? Yeah, they both won Grammys on Grammy night. Uh, Allison yeah. Russell won for uh, Best Americana Song, uh, I want to say. The Best American Roots Performance. American yeah, Roots for her Performance. single, so. Eve Was Black. So and yeah, then, yeah. It's just that I wonder. It's like just reading the name of that song is just proof right there. It's like a very conservative house is probably looking at that and like we don't want to read that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but why not? Is that my question? Why, why is this even being brought up as a legislature thing, anyways? Because they wanted to honor uh, people from Nashville, uh, from Tennessee, from the state of Tennessee, and so like. Both of them happen to be from Tennessee, but there's a key difference between the two of them. And yeah, that's what Haley is pointing out here. I wonder if they do this every CMAs then. (laughs) Just honor everyone from the country music artists who songwrite in Tennessee and Nashville specifically. (laughs) Too many. Legislation. Too many. (laughs) Or is this a specific one-off, like you said? I think it might be. I think it just might be like, we're proud. We want to show how proud we are of our, you know, our our artists are from here. Yeah, yeah. I smell um, uh, GOP brownie points trying to be earned here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we don't want any of those yeah. brownies. Gross. Well, thanks. They're no. too crumbly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So my brownies always end up too crumbly. Anyways. Because you need more milk in there. More milk? You think that's it? More egg? Yep. I don't know. Yep. 
My last yeah. problem when I made cookies was it wasn't enough flour, and they turned like kind of dark brown. See, I made enough. banana bread last night, and yeah. when I started mixing it, because it only had like two eggs and like a fourth of a cup of <laughs> not even half milk, I added milk of bananas. <laughs> I was like, "Where's all the liquid supposed to go for this two cups of flour? There's oh, not no. enough liquid here." So I to, like add a splash more and add more bananas, but eventually it got there. But yeah. I was like. This does not look right. <laughs> There's too much bananas, not enough bread. Uh, no, the other way. <laughs> too much bread, not enough bananas. Not enough bananas. Well, that's an easily yes. fixable problem. It is. All right. Anyway. All right. Enough anyway, this is not a food here. podcast. <laughs> yeah, I wish. All right. Uh, did you listen to anything? Uh, nothing, not much, uh, kind of had a busy week, kind of started something new, so I did not engage in New Music Friday yesterday, so, uh, it'll be New Music Saturday, or Sunday today as I catch up. I did listen to the start of This Is Me, dot, 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 now, by Jennifer Lopez. Yes. But. But. We'll get to that later, not in the music section. We'll talk a little bit about that later. So, with that, let's get into the video games, and we start yes. with new releases. Nothing. Next week. Again, this isn't half to blame, the fact that we're in the middle of a period where I already talked about the games that are coming out right now, because I did a week ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'll reset this on su- next Sunday, and we'll have a whole bunch of new games to talk about. Exactly. But, what well, we did tee up last episode... Mm-hmm. And has come now come to fruition is the Xbox podcast news. Mm-hmm. Not the news of them making a podcast, but their <laughs> announcements in the podcast form as they Ye- announced. Yes. So as a recap for people who weren't paying attention, the setup for this is that rumors had swirled about Microsoft putting out certain games from their first party uh Microsoft games stu- or Xbox Game Studios on other platforms, including the Nintendo Switch and the PlayStation 5. And as these rumors kind of swirled around, uh, Phil Spencer went on social media and basically said, hey, we're going to have an announcement, a proper business announcement for this. He later found out it would be in the form of a podcast, a video podcast, that would air on Thursday, this past Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific. And that has happened, and so I have like a little bit set up here of what was announced during that during that podcast. So the news that came out of that was that yes. Microsoft has confirmed, after the rumors have swirled, that four unnamed, but kind of now known, we can safely assume them. Yes, but yes, unnamed uh, and- in the podcast. Xbox exclusives will be released on other console platforms, such as the PlayStation 5 or the Nintendo Switch. So, what we what seems to be the popular uh, assumption here is that those four games are Hi-Fi Rush, which we've already more or less seen proof that will be coming to other platforms, Pentiment, Obsidian's story-based RPG, that was previously a Game Pass and Xbox exclusive. Makes sense to do. Sea of Thieves, which we had also seen a previous rumor that that was going to come to PlayStation 5 and Switch. More or less confirmed now. And then lastly, the one that we hadn't heard a rumor about, but I actually assumed that this would happen on the video I did for the website, which you can see on YouTube, 
Grounded, Obsidian's other game. Um, the reason why those are the four that are assumed is that because in the podcast, the way they put it is two smaller games and two games as a service. The smaller games, of course, being Hi-Fi Russian Pentiment, the games as a service being Sea of Thieves and Grounded, which are both games as a service, Grounded being a survival game. So, yeah, um, this makes sense. This confirms basically the rumors that were circulating. And um, it seems like this isn't in the story, but I'll add this because this was a bit big pit, uh, point of contention on the internet this past week. They did say that it's not exclusive to these four. It's not like they're doing these four and then never again. They said that more will be announced later, saying that this is now a policy change, which means that on a case-by-case -case basis, they will be looking at their their Xbox Game Studios games and determining whether it makes sense for them to release them on other platforms or not. They did confirm that this won't affect some bigger marquee titles, at least as of now, naming by name Starfield and the upcoming Indiana Jones game. So as of this recording, to be generous, those games are not coming to other platforms. So the rumor about Starfield going to PS5 ended up not being substantiated. Unless something changes in the future, that is what they have stated now. So no Starfield, no Indiana Jones, but yes, Sci-Fi Rush, Pentiment, Grounded, and Sea of Thieves. That's what we know. Well, that's because Xbox has pledged that its consoles will continue to be their best way to play their games and that access to their games will not be removed in their near future they had to say this because one of the big sticking points for the xbox faithful was the slippery slope theory that all this stuff was going to go away if microsoft decided at some point they didn't want to manufacture xboxes anymore this alleviates that fear. This is Phil saying, like, no, this doesn't change your strategy for consoles. There will be consoles. This is not going to be, this is not going to go away. Your access to your digital library will not go away. This doesn't change that. So this confirms that you will still have what I basically said last week when I did my prediction about what they would say here. They're going to make emphasize that the best place to play their games is going to be on their consoles because their game pass will get these things day one. That's one of the things that they really emphasized here is that even if a game will future be released on all three platforms, which PlayStation 5 and Xbox, Xbox is probably going to be the only one of those platforms that gets it day one on Game Pass. So you're still going to be incentivized to own the Xbox and subscribe to Game Pass, even with this happening. It just means that they get a bonus $70 if somebody buys it on the PlayStation 5. Again, really smart business decision. And it does not change how Xbox users engage in their gameplay. Yeah, I mean, right now they discounted the uh, Xbox Series S uh, at Target to 250 So you can still get a Series yeah. S uh, version, like, mm -hmm. anywhere. It's never been a better time, I guess, to buy an Xbox Series S if that was something that someone wanted to do. <laughs> so goes to show you they're not giving up on xbox as a platform or game pass or any of it this is just expanding their ability to make money on the games that they make that's all this is yep um they also announced that since the acquisition of activision blizzard mm -hmm. 
that they would put Diablo 4 as one of the first games from said acquisition to be added to Game Pass. Yes. Yay! Yeah, I think this is great news. I know you had fun time initially with Diablo 4. You know, and I still go back to it every once in a while on the Xbox. Um, But now knowing that I can fit in the future, so this will be March 28th, in case you're wondering. um, Once this launches on Game Pass, I'll be able to play it on PC too, and that will be a fun time. Um, So yeah, like I think that this is just the first of these announcements they said. Diablo 4 will be the first of Activision's catalog to come to Game Pass with more on the way soon. So soon we'll probably know, are we getting Call of Duty? Are we getting the Crash Bandicoot games? Are we getting stuff from the Activision catalog that's not just Diablo 4? Are we going to get other Blizzard games like Overwatch? I would not be surprised if that was the case. It's just going to be a slow rollout to incentivize more subscribers as the as the as it goes on. Um, which is a perfect segue to the next part. Yep, Overwatch 3. No. No. No, it's uh, about Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Xbox has confirmed that there are 34 million players subscribed to Xbox Game Pass. So this is notable because they had initially said that they were going to stop reporting numbers for Game mm-hmm. Pass growth because it didn't grow as fast as they wanted it to. Uh, but this they announced because they wanted to clarify that this includes... Game Pass Core subscribers, which is what the new name of the game Xbox of the Gold Live. Xbox Live yeah, gold, gold was. So this technically includes people who joined when they were transferred from Gold Rolled to over into it, yeah. Game Pass. However, that was the assumption we made initially. However, Microsoft did say that this doesn't this doesn't necessarily just include rollovers and that's why the number is bigger the number would be bigger regardless is what they said is that there were still more people added to equal those 34 uh, million it's not just a matter of everybody who had gold is now game pass and thus the number goes up they wanted to clarify that that wasn't the case but uh yeah it's getting bigger not as big as they'd like it to be but hey we'll see yeah um, so you know how I mentioned that Xbox Series S was on sale for like two fifty, and now I'm seeing two twenty at Walmart. Well, it's cheap, but don't let that price fool you. Xbox yes. has confirmed that the Xbox Series X and S consoles will not be the company's last. Yeah, in fact, uh, I didn't include this, but this is equally important. Um, they said that not only will there be future Xboxes, but the next Xbox is planned to be the what they call the, quote, biggest uh, leap, technological leap in uh, console history or something, which is also what they said about the Series X. But you know what I mean. So they're mm-hmm. already hyping up that the next Xbox will be a big deal. And why wouldn't they? Yeah, it makes sense. They want to alleviate, again, those concerns that the Xbox fanboys, for lack of a better term, uh we're concerned about they were like well what happens if they don't put out a new xbox are they just going to let sony have it this generation like well no. none of that is happening business as usual at microsoft they're going to make another xbox and you're going to buy it that's just how it is now will it come with a surface tablet and or a connect <laughs> no no no, no motion controls 
no gimmicks. I think that this is just going to be like the Series X, just whatever the most pop powerful chip they can put in that thing for under five like for about five hundred dollars. That's what this is going to be because that's going to be the that's going to be forever. It's every console, including whatever Sony does with a PS5 uh, upgrade, which is rumored. But will it have a Windows 11 operating system pre-installed? I mean, under the the under the hood, where nobody can see it, which is just like the Series <laughs> X right now. Like, bar- Windows is running in that thing; it's just buried. But anyway, and but yeah, right. that's what they said. So basically, like I said, it confirmed our you know pretty much everything that I had predicted last week. I pretty much nailed it. Like that, certain games were going to come over, certain games weren't. Um, that this was going to be a new policy going forward, but nothing else was going to change. And sure enough, that's exactly what's happened here. The Activision stuff coming to Game Pass is like the cherry on the top of the cake. It's just something that they're offering to fans as an olive branch and basically say, don't worry, don't worry. The thing that you want, we're going to give you that too. But you're just going to have to deal with this light annoyance of us sometimes putting things out on a PlayStation. Um, I noticed that they didn't say anything that was going to be both day and date released. It seems like they still want to no. deal with exclusives. I would imagine like that's a year how they timed. do it. Again, with Game Pass, they want to make sure that their games are day one, and you mm-hmm. won't have that experience elsewhere. If it's retail day and date, yeah, that'll probably be a case-by-case basis as well. I don't know. Uh, there might be games where they do do that, or they might never do that. Who knows? It might be a Sony PC strategy, like what Sony's been doing with PlayStations on the PC, where it's like a few months later, Microsoft could absolutely do it that do, do it that way if they wanted, like to get a little shot in the arm on these projects when the, the sales on their main consoles start flagging. That could absolutely be their strategy, but uh, we don't know, and we won't know until a new game comes out with that strategy, uh, because so far these are four games that have already been released on Xbox. And by the way. Why they didn't name them specifically on the podcast itself? Because those are deals with other platforms, and the platform holders are probably going to do the announcement. So don't be surprised if Nintendo delayed their Direct, which was supposed to be a partner Direct, which means that it will be third-party games on the Switch, till next week, assumed. They haven't announced that officially, but that's the word. Um, Because they wouldn't have been able to announce Hi-Fi Rush yet if they hadn't waited. That's why I think that that's happening. Same thing with Sony. Sony is going to wait until they have a state of play or a uh, update or whatever they call it, the other one. I forget. There's some state of plays. Well, there's a state of play and there's also a second one. They have two names for their presentations. And I wish I could remember which the other one was. But um, it's a state of play and it's the showcase. That's what it is. It's the PlayStation showcase is the other one mm-hmm. that they do. Um, but yeah, so they're waiting for one of those probably to do their side of the announcements. And so because of those deals are in place, Microsoft can't just go and go ahead and say, hey, Hi-Fi Rush is going to come out on, on Switch. They can't do that yet. So that's why. All right. I guess so. Yep. But in the meantime, they did put out some statements, specifically that Sony says that PS5 sales have declined and that no major franchise titles are planned before 2025. So to be clear, Microsoft didn't say this. This is these. Yes, so I have this little section um, here because there were two major updates for the other console uh, holders here. Like you said, yeah, uh, Sony is pretty much saying that the PS5 is in the second half of its lifespan. 
sales have gone down. I guess they had predicted that they wouldn't. Um, but the thing is, is that when a console sells this well, it's going to hit a wall at some point, and they're finding that wall. Is that pretty much everybody who wanted to buy a PS5 largely has one, um, and because that's just how popular of a system it's been. And so, yeah, and so this means that Sony is pretty much saying, putting it out there, like, don't be surprised if we do something with the PlayStation brand soon. Whether that means a PS5 Pro, which seems to be the popular rumor, or a proper follow-up. So, earlier. the time travel machine that I built actually worked. It is now 2021 again, because rumors <laughs> of the Switch 2 are confirmed, or more likely to come in the next year. Yes, much to the disappointment of Nintendo fans, unfortunately, this means that it's not likely anymore that this year will be the Switch 2 year. Seems that they, the rumor seems to suggest that they went to uh, publishers last week and basically said, hey, yeah, you know how we said late 2024? Nah, man, March 2025 is now what seems to be the timetable. So this uh, means that the, the one silver lining to this, though, is that this means that with the whole year of more sales, the Switch has a chance at beating the all-time sales record for consoles uh, trying to beat the PS2. It could do it. <laughs> if it has a really stellar 2024, it could get up there. Uh, without that, it may not have, but now it can. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. It could. Although you've already had two, three solid Mario games and two Zelda games, what else could you be waiting for? Uh, Metroid Prime 4 is the answer to that question. <laughs> it's still up in the air whether that thing is being delayed because they're trying to put it out as a launch game for the new console, or if it's literally just that like much in development hell. It's unclear. I am kind of hoping that they do wait and release it on a more powerful platform because I think it would benefit from it. But if it's ready, why not put it out? That's the thing. Is Nintendo's been doing this thing the last couple of years where games are finished and ready to release, and they hold them until they, they feel it's the rest, right time to release it. So, Because as of right now, the big games this year, what? It's just Princess Peach... Uh, Show, the Showtime. Title Showtime. So, uh, it's, and that's pretty much it, I think, right now. I don't know beyond that. So mystery year for the switch they kind of bought themselves an extra year and who knows what'll happen maybe a new pokemon we are stumbling toward pokemon day coming up uh next week i think so uh yeah next week something like that so yeah we could have news of a big pokemon release this year who knows i'm sure uh yeah because they're not getting final fantasy at all or persona no. no yeah that's the thing it's, it's kind of anyone's guess what the switch's year is going to be like it's proper final year we'll see a new super smash brothers <laughs> not a chance right. not a chance all right uh did you play anything uh no honestly i just uh i got back into fortnite because the new computer and so i've just been playing that a lot uh but then when i started my new full-time job on Thursday. I'm going to have less time from now on. So uh, it was fun while it lasts. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you like Fortnite, but you hate like all the combat just being surprise attacked everywhere, do okay. I have a game that could be for you? Okay. Tell me about it. It is a free-to-play game. 
means a bunch of microtransactions attached to it, um, called Hawked, currently on the PlayStation 5, and I think it's on uh, Steam as well. Uh, It takes the concept of Fortnite, you're dropped, transported, whatever. You arrive in a huge map, island map thing, and the goal is to complete different shooting puzzles to get glyphs. The glyphs unlock a big treasure. Take that treasure and survive calling it back to your base to add it to your uh, your loadout, your roster. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, you have both the inhabitants of X Isle Island, very on brand, <laughs> as well as other um, looters trying to attack you for these prized possessions. Hmm. Play as solo or in a three-person group team to solve the puzzles, secure the treasure, and get out before time runs out and or like you your team like gets all shot up and dies. <laughs> so it's a extraction shooter, I believe is the term. I think that's what they call it, yeah. Yeah. Like payday or um Rainbow Six Extraction. <laughs> Rainbow Six Extraction, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a bit more like payday, I guess. Yeah, kind of like heisty, kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. But instead of like you're not like planning a heist, you're solving puzzles like puzzles. shooting puzzles on the island. And the puzzles are really simple. It's hey, this thing glows. Shoot <laughs> the glowy thing. Or <laughs> hey, defend this area while it fills up with water. And then like once you like you like defend the um horde, like they you almost... get your your uh, your glyph. Yeah, the the puzzles sound almost like Zelda dungeon esque. A little bit. Uh, They're very okay. simple puzzles yeah. uh but it's the like both the motion or the, the traversal and then like the looting yeah. picking up the random guns um opening boxes trying to upgrade kind of like fortnite where yeah. you're trying to get like the better weapons to mm-hmm. survive longer okay All right. um i'm having a bit more fun with this than i did with foam stars <laughs> I think I think just the arena based style of Foam Stars and most of those like games feels very like encapsulated. Like I know that's the kind of like the whole point of it. Like you can only like stay within bounds here, but putting on like this massive map of an island feels a bit more like, oh, I can go anywhere. I can do like over here or over there. Like there's two um uh like puzzles one this way one this way i can choose which one i want to go to all right you go that way i'll go this way or we all go as a team so we have better odds better chances mm-hmm. um it is multi-platform cross-play okay. so you will like i did end up playing with some people on playstation and some people on pc as well didn't see any xbox symbols but um i don't it know come at a later date. yet yeah comes at a later date um I have a question. It sounds yeah. like it, it's a game that would benefit a lot from some teamwork, like communication, like headsets on. How hard would you think it would be for players to come in completely solo and try to wing those interactions? Would they, you just have a worse experience? Because I know that's a lot of these games, that's the case. I did have a worse experience when I did do the solo version, just because mm-hmm. it felt like you were doing a solo um, Fortnite game. 
Yeah. Which was I mean, done in the past. Solo Fortnite is fine as long as you're not playing on a team, is the thing. But this is different because it requires teamwork. No, no. There is a solo version and there is a team version. Oh, okay. Those are separate modes. Yes. Got it. Yeah, you can play as a solo looter and it's just one-on-one map. Or mm-hmm. you can play in a team looter where it's three person on a team, I think four teams in total. Um just they get dropped like in random places and you're all trying to not necessarily get the same glyphs, but enough glyphs to unlock where the main treasure vault is and then unlock that vault while also defeating the big boss that guards said vault and all the other players who um, forge in on that one location to get the treasure themselves because there's only one treasure on the island so like it's all like big and wide like it's great like oh like i'm like doing this puzzle like there's no one around me there's no one around me i'm just doing puzzles and i'm getting everything <laughs> then all of a sudden like it gets closer and closer and closer to where the, the treasure is and when you get there it's like oh everyone just converged here now i see where everyone is hey <laughs> good thing you picked up all those good weapons on the way otherwise <laughs> you're just gonna get shot at yeah so it seems like it at least does the thing that you want from those kind of games which is create these kind of organic chaotic experiences that make you want to like oh i gotta play this again to see what weird shit happens next yeah oh because that's one thing yeah. that i didn't like about fortnite is that i'll just be walking around and then also i get, get shot, shot at and just die and be like well yeah this game's done then. I can't revive. That's the other thing. In the team base, you can get your teammates to revive right. you. Um, yeah, yeah. Either like revive you while you're down, or um, there's different stations set up where you can just, if you defend it long enough and camp there, you can revive your teammates. Yeah. But when you're doing that, you're allowing other teams to go do the glyphs. So it's like, well, I need my team, but I just need the glyphs. So it's, you know, give and take, but it the fact that there's only one treasure and it tells everyone to converge on it uh, makes that like final two minute scramble like kind of worth it in the end. Because mm-hmm. by the time you get there, you're already like, okay, I know what my loadout is. I know where all my teammates are. We've had like five minutes to like do all these puzzles and get to know each other. So we're more or less like in the same mindset of this team that gets thrown together. Sometimes people have mics, sometimes people don't. I typically mm-hmm. don't. I play with a headset, but I don't play with a mic, so I just hear <laughs> other people bicker and banter. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, uh, well, cool. So I guess if anybody wants a new free-to-play uh, extraction shooter or puzzle-solving team-based thing, uh, Hawked, uh, free-to-play on all platforms right now except for Xbox. It sounds like so, PC, PlayStation. Yeah, PC and PlayStation. I don't. I didn't see any uh, Nintendo stuff or Xbox, like I said. Um, there later. is. You can change up your character with different gears and different loadouts, so you can fine tune your playstyle. There's also a reward system of the more items you bring back. It's not just the main award that you're getting or the main um, relic that you're trying to get. There's also like yeah. mini relics and. Not, not souvenirs, well, kind of souvenirs, uh, scattered throughout the map, too, that you can bring back to your mm. to the base and then hawk it and sell it and get more coins and upgrade yeah. your other um, stuff as well. So it's not just everyone's going for the one prize, and if you don't get it, you lose out. No, there's yeah. other, like, mini um, treasures 
scattered throughout the island that you can pick up as well. Cool. All right, cool. Sounds like a good time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's good until you run into like the teams that just route everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, of course, everything is. Yes. All right, cool. Um, so I may be playing that a bit more for the next week because next week, 23rd, I think. Is this the 23rd? Final hey. Fantasy, uh, 29th, two weeks. I'll be playing this for like two weeks because, <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, damn it. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Game scheduling conflict. Uh, game and movie scheduling conflict because Final Fantasy VII Rebirth <laughs> and Dune 2 come out on the 29th. Oh, jeez. I thought Dune 2 was March for some reason. March 1st. Oh, you're talking about Thursday night, midnight situation. Yes. Or 9 o'clock or whatever. Yes. Got it. Well, have fun with that. And then it's a doctor birthday two weekend, so yeah. I don't know yeah. if I'm even going to yeah. get to either of those at the same time. <laughs> and then Taylor Swift on the 15th? What are you going to do? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, well, hey, those are nice that, problems, that's next week's that's two weeks problem. Yeah, in the meantime, I'll for... I'll play more Hawked. I did yes. stream some of it. I'll probably stream a little bit more of it when I get the chance to. But cool. okay. yeah, I'm I mean I'm having fun with it until I'll hit the eventual steep like roadblock of oh I can't do this no longer like as a solo. I need to like constantly do this mm-hmm. as a team. Yes, and just follow other people and be backup. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, uh, no really other games to talk about. So that means we can safely move on to the second half of the show, which is television. And we always start the television section with the sports corner. And as your shirt implies, it is Daytona Day. Daytona. The Daytona 500 is today, Sunday the 18th, as of this recording. The official start of the NASCAR season. Are you excited as Ryan Blaney... Starts his chase for a second cup. I am not because the race has been postponed to Monday due to inclement weather. Oh shit! Is that breaking news? As of an hour ago. Oh no! So no Daytona today. After no all. Daytona today. It is postponed Tomorrow. to Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern due to inclement weather. I guess it is raining in Daytona. I wonder how my uh, mom is doing. Uh, currently Joey Logano sits atop the pole in the number one spot with the fastest qualifying time Um, followed by uh, Michael McDowell uh, Tyler Reddick Chris Bell and Chase Elliott as your top five both Bell and Elliott were in the final race for the cup at the end of last season oh and just sitting out out of the top five at number six is my boy my driver for the year for the third year in a row austin syndrick okay i like him his last name sounds like syndic will that's exactly what i (laughs) picked him too (laughs) i was hoping i was hoping that was the case well, because well, cool. I, okay. I well, because I used to root for um, Speed Racist, and then 2020 <laughs> happened. Yeah, then he. And so racist, I had to pick a new driver. Stop! Yeah, I had to stop. <laughs> Even though like he ended up winning like the year he came back after he was like yeah. banned for a year, I was like, of course. Uh, like, 
I could have been me cheering for you, but no, you had no. to go and ruin it. No. So no. since I had to pick a new driver, I I picked the rookie, Austin Cedric, yeah. in his first year. And hey, looks like it's about to pay off. It's supposed to work out. So there you go. Well, race car fans can look forward to that tomorrow as they uh, have to officially uh, push it back until tomorrow. But uh, needless to say, you can still wear that shirt. You can just wear that shirt again tomorrow. You're not doing anything tomorrow. It's a day off. Yeah, but that's assuming the shirt stays clean until tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's up to you. How, yep. how much barbecue you eat today, I guess. <laughs> With that, uh, let's move on to some league headlines in the sports world unfortunately we're going to start with the downer um the nfl season may have had its peak with the super bowl and the winning kansas city chiefs but during the parade in which uh, kansas city the city celebrated the chiefs win unfortunately tragedy struck because this is the united states um unfortunately towards the tail end of the uh, parade shots were fired and unfortunately there was one death on the scene um as well as some injuries um and for the chiefs themselves has made it have made a statement um to try to honor uh the the lives lost or the life lost and the people harmed in the incident Current life the others ones that i right. saw were in critical condition uh um, several of them were kids yeah. sent to the um, local yes. children's hospital um and important uh uh though is that Taylor Swift has made a statement where she has so do- donated one hundred thousand dollars to the family of the deceased uh, deceased person. So people are trying to do what they can to uh, and then, kind of clean uh, up this. Travis Kelsey and his um, eighty-eight-seven runner um, charity mm-hmm. also donated one hundred thousand dollars as well. That's good. That's good. So you know. Um, you know, yeah, you've heard what we've said about previous uh, versions of these tragedies on this podcast. You know, it's it, it's a it's an issue here, and it just keeps rearing its ugly head. Um, and until we do something about the guns, uh, nothing's going to change. And this stuff like this, you can't even go to a celebration parade for the winner of the Super Bowl without having to worry about this shit. It's it's just fucking disappointing, is what it is. That's the best way I can put it. And it will continue to be disappointing in this way unless we do something about it. Um, and yeah, it just sucks. It just sucks. It just sucks. But um, congratulations uh, to the Chiefs, though, because uh, yeah, like don't let this be smirch the the win. But still, it's just like it sucks that we have to talk about both of those things at the same time. We shouldn't have to. We should just be able to celebrate these things. And also, the Chiefs should still change their name. <laughs> but that's yes. another, another but hey, there's just more incentive to go out and vote, even in the primaries, <laughs> yeah. which are less than a month away. I've got my uh, envelope filled out and ready to return. So my I'm envelopes set. are right there on the like on the uh, the uh, outgoing out the door. It's like, hey, just a reminder, yep. just a reminder, just a reminder. Yep, yep. You've got some time. You got a couple of weeks. Uh, let's move on to the other headline. Uh, the headlines. Baseball is here. As I said last week, the end of football means it's baseball season. I'm sorry, I don't make the rules. That's just how it is. And spring training starts. In essence, on Thursday with the first game, the Dodgers versus the Padres. Uh, but the rest of spring training camp technically starts on Saturday the 24th. So if you're waiting for your favorite team to start, you can do so on the 24th. But in the meantime, you'll be able to see a little sneak preview uh, of what this modern Dodgers team looks like 
maybe i say maybe because if you mm -hmm. don't watch a lot of spring training baseball let's just put it this way don't get your hopes up to see every single star player that you want to see because chances are you won't see all of them you'll see occasional ones but mostly you'll see people they're trying to take from the triple a double a and see how they fit in with the rest of the roster that's what real real spring training baseball is yeah, I mean, you'll have the, your starters mm -hmm. start more or less like both in the start. beginning and at the end. Yeah. Just, but that's also like in the beginning, like one or two innings, right? Or like three innings, get everyone at least once through the lineup. This is me saying that if you're going to watch this for Otani, Otani's not going to play this whole game. No, no. So. Even when he pitches, he's not going to pitch for the whole game. Well, also, he's not going to pitch at all. He's not going to pitch because of the time surgery. <laughs> that's right. The Angels ruined that chances. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it turns out. Sorry. If you were excited to see Otani pitch, may I remind you of the 2023 season? Yes. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, otherwise... but he still won the MVP. Excited. So, of course, he can pitch. Oh, wait. No, that's nope. right. Angels nope. Uh, nope. training staff. Let that yeah. go to waste. Yeah, not so much. Not so much. However, he will be designated hitter, and he'll be fun to watch regardless. I'm sure he'll gonna go for breaking his own home run record again this year. I can't wait to see what he does. It's just sad that those stats aren't on our scoreboard. But what are we gonna do? Um, in the meantime, uh, the other uh, headline I saw is that, unfortunately, contrary to some rumors that were swirling around, uh, the Angels will not be sold again. Uh, Arde Moreno said again that he is holding on to the team and uh, had, there are no current plans to make any deals. Um, so, Yeah, apparently you know. in that statement he said that he would never have any intention to sell the team. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I Although believe he that. Was just, yeah, he was putting out fillers. He was like, hey, make me an offer, a ridiculous yeah. offer that would make me walk away from baseball. Otherwise, yeah, I'm thing. staying. He's 77. He knows what he's doing. He's a businessman. He said as much in the quote. Mm -hmm. uh, all he will take is something ridiculous. All he wants is what he, what did he call it? A stupid offer? Like he yes. wants something stupid. He wants somebody to come up to them with no business acumen and say, I want to give you $5 billion for this mediocre team. And then he's going to take the money and walk away. Any less than that, he's like, this isn't worth my time. And, you know, he's wrong because the Orioles just sold for $1.7 billion which is a fraction mm -hmm. of what he wants. And it's just obnoxious to me that they they won't, they, he can't pry it out of his hands. What's the rest of that term? I mean, he's 77. Uh, what can we do after he doesn't uh, exist anymore? Something I mean, after he doesn't hands. have warm, dry hands? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think there's something about them being cold and deceased. I don't know. We'll get there when we get there. But until then, it looks like there's no wresting the angels from his grasp. Hmm. You know, I think there's a certain uh, company down the road that used to be involved in sports that could <laughs> get involved in sports again. I don't want that. I, I will say that as an Angels fan, I do not want Disney to own the team again. I'm sorry. To do what you don't the Orioles the, did. Do you not want them small... in the outfield? Not particularly, no. Um, I don't know. They're a complicated company. They're a huge company. I don't think that they need to do that. They're out of sports for a reason. And it's because they probably just didn't want to do the day-to-day -day of it anymore. And I don't blame them because it seems like a pain in the ass. Give it to somebody who has like nothing but time on their hands, aka like some billionaire, and then they can figure it out. You know, like, 
I don't want a giant corporation to own this team. I'll say that. All right. Anyway, enough local news. We have other yes. leagues to talk about. Uh, we move now to basketball, where the Boston Celtics are the first team in this season to reach 40 wins. And they did so before the All-Star break, because, hey, yeah. it's the All-Star That's weekend. Happening right now, yes. So uh, in the meantime, if you don't want to, you still care about the Celtics. You can watch All-Star Weekend. All right, explain what a, what or who a Puka is. Do you not know Puka Nakua? No, not until just the second. Puka Nakua, the Rams rookie receiver who who had both the receiving rookie receiving yards and rookie reception um, records this past year. You know I only watch one football game a year, and it is called... Only to lose the uh, Rookie Offensive Player of the Year award to a quarterback. Okay. No, I did not know any of this, but now I do. Yes. Um, Puka, fan favorite here because he is a Ram, and he is a rookie, and he is also (laughs) the name on a dynasty team, the Hapuka Matatas. (laughs) (laughs) Because it means no worries for the rest of your games. (laughs) <laughs> it's a problem free philosophy i've heard yes yeah so um apparently he was not scheduled to originally be on the all-star weekend he took the place of pat mcafee as he gave him his spot um the previous week during the super bowl like media roundup and he went out there and he dumped the ball twice wow <laughs> He's got hops. He's got. He's good. He's a baller. Um, he didn't win the uh, MVP award. No, that <laughs> that 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 went to the um, the only trophy Dallas will ever receive in their lifetime. Micah Parsons <laughs> <laughs> uh, won the MVP award for the uh, celebrity All Star basketball game. Oh, yeah, currently it's going on right now in yep. Indianapolis, and where the All Star game is today. I believe. The All-Star right? game is today in Indianapolis, where they'll play on a hardwood floor. As we talked about the last week, they the celebrity game and the three dunk three three point dunk skills contest will be played on the LED floor. Oh right, yes. LED floor, yes. Yes. And that's all people were talking about is wow, <laughs> this looks too chaotic for my eyes. That's what I thought. When you told me about it last week, I was like, that seems like a pain. Why are we doing this? Turns out, yes, people's fears were correct. Uh, (laughs) Lots of unnecessary graphics on the floor, especially like after each shot. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, if you're a basketball fan, at least there's stuff to watch this weekend. Uh, So enjoy that. Uh, In the meantime, in the hockey world, the Vancouver Canucks... I forgot that for, um, yes. for the slam dunk contest, Mac McClung did win the slam dunk contest again, the first back to back titles in 15 years. And he did so by dunking over one of the biggest guys in basketball history. Yeah. Shaq. That would that would be a pretty big guy. He brought Shaq out. He told Shaq. Hold the ball over your head, <laughs> and he jumped over and did a reverse slam dunk over Shaq. Nice. So, nice. you know, when you do something like that, you're going to win. Turns out. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations yeah. uh, to Mr. McClung. Good name. Uh, now uh, let's move on. Or not. 
Well, last bit. They also had the uh, Stephen Curry versus Sabrina Ioannescu three-point contest. Yes. That was fun to watch. I heard, yes. That's what my feed was talking about mostly, was how she is very good at throwing three-pointers, turns out. Turns out they're both really good in their own sport at throwing three-pointers. Turns out. um, I mean, yes, Steph won, but, I mean, it also, well, one, Steph won. Two, it shows why he does not compete in this contest. Right. Because he would just win everywhere and be like, okay, yeah. who's coming in at number two each year? <laughs> uh, but just watch it. Just watch the highlights of that on YouTube, the entire the, that section of the contest. Yeah. Both yes. of them on fire. Both of them great personalities. Uh, just on, on point in their shooting. It's great basketball, both NBA and WNBA. WNBA's got a lot of good players, not just like in the league right now, but coming up as well. Yeah, sounds good. Because like we'll it. get to in a bit here. Yes. Before that, uh, let's finally move on to hockey. The real brief headline in hockey world this week. The Vancouver Canucks are the first team in this season to reach 80 points. Hey, hey. your playoff spot is not secured yet. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it kind <laughs> of get is. your hopes up. <laughs> you could still lose the rest of your games and not make the playoffs. Very possible. But yes, as you hinted at... Professional uh, professional basketball isn't the only basketball news this week, as in college. Caitlin Clark from Iowa has become the all-time NCAA women's basketball leading scorer and scored a career-high 49 points. She now sits at 3,569 points total, dot, 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 and counting. She ain't done yet, folks. Right, because it is indeed in the middle of the season. Yes. Uh, as for the, if you want to compare her, compare that stat to the men's, um, at number one is Pete Marovich from LSU with 3,667 points. So mm-hmm. she could hold both. I mean, the all time record is just in points altogether. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty impressive. And like you said, um, early hints that this might be someone to watch down the line for the WNBA, which is mm-hmm. exciting to think about. Um starting to get those prospects early and see like who looks who looks stellar. Very cool. A future legend yep. in the making. All right. Anything else in sports before we move on to television news? Um in sports entertainment, it's there if you want to watch it because there. drop the rock drama is very juicy. <laughs> uh, I hear that that stuff's really weird. Like, I feel like the rock is at a real weird point in his career where he's not sure what he wants to do anymore. I feel like Black Adam broke his brain. It did because <laughs> he lost the um, the cheers of the crowd. And mm-hmm. so it was like, well, do people still love me here? Do people still love me there? Where <laughs> is my adoration coming from anymore? Yeah. He's just looking for the applause, 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 as Lady Gaga once said. Yes, all the claws, the claws, the claws. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, let's move on then into television news. We have one story here that I learned twice a couple days ago because Voodoo sent me an email and Fandango sent me an email. So I got it from both sides. Yay! I learned this news. Um, Voodoo, which in case you were wondering, is part of NBC Universal's Fandango movie ticketing and entertainment division, decided they were going to simplify things and rename it Fandango at Home in the coming weeks. 
Voodoo first launched its service with an internet set-top box in 2007, before the company was acquired by retail giant Walmart back in 2010. Then, in 2020, NBC Universal-owned Fandango bought Voodoo from Walmart, and the goal of the name change ultimately is to, quote, better align our products under one brand, reinforcing Fandango as the destination for premium entertainment at home and at the theater. Raisinets. At home, at the movies. Raisinets. <laughs> Uh, in an FAQ posted on the Voodoo site, Fandango says, quote, all your movies and TV shows from Voodoo will remain in your Fandango at home library. Nothing in your account will change. However, you will now have the option to link your Fandango and your Fandango at home logins for easy logging in. This means nothing to me because I don't really use any of these services, either of these services right now. But um, I remember back when it was a Walmart property. What a lot of people would do is that they would just immediately like come home with their DVDs they bought at the Walmart, hook it up to Vudu, and just have a streaming version of whatever they just bought permanently. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of people really relied on that service, and it was how they basically maintained their movie library without having a giant shelf of DVDs of plastic. It's a smart idea. I think Vudu, in essence, is a cool thing to have if you're in that ecosystem. And I guess this just simplifies it for people who already have Fandango accounts for buying movie tickets. So why not just roll it up into one thing? But ultimately, this will have very little effect on anybody who isn't already in those ecosystems. Right. I think one of the good benefits is that, as we say here, whenever one service goes away, there goes your library. But not but in, in this, this case. case. Yes. In this case, it's really a good thing. Right over. It helps when both companies were already under the same roof, though. Like, yes. that's easy to do. Yeah. You know, for the yeah. past four years. Right. It's, it's nice when that kind of stuff happens. So, yeah, your license is still retained. Your, your Buddha just becomes Fandango at home. It is a name brand change. But is Fandango still, like, the go-to for movies? I mean, it used to be. I remember there was a time where I was buying my tickets through Fandango. But now, oh, yeah. because AMC basically has their own kind of interface on their own website, I just buy them directly from AMC now. Same with Regal, same with Cinemark, yeah. yeah. So I don't need to go through a third party now, especially when the fees are about the same. So, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like they got undercut at some at some point. They, they stopped being the Ticketmaster, uh, mm -hmm. which is fine with me because you don't want what happened to concerts to Not happen to movies. So, yeah, you don't want a big third party taking over and monopolizing the industry. So this is fine with me, but yeah. Don't really use Fandango anymore, but those who do, though, this will at least streamline things a little bit for them. Yeah. Cool. Then, uh, last bullet point here in news is because people were probably like would probably be yelling at their uh, podcasts or screens if we didn't mention it. There was talk this week of a potential merger between Paramount Global's Paramount Plus and Comcast's Pe uh, Peacock into one streaming service. We will say the same caveat that we said. Last time Paramount was in the news, which is take this with a massive grain of salt. Companies are always talking to other companies about possible things to do. If this happens, it would be interesting. I don't know if it would be a great idea. Um, ultimately, if you subscribe to one and not the other, at least maybe it makes your life a little better. But prices will likely go up, and that's not fun. Um, I think it's just these smaller companies are always having conversations with each other. I know it's weird to talk about Comcast as a small company, but bear with me. I mean, small streaming services. Mm -hmm. They're always looking at ways where they can rival Netflix and Disney Plus in size. 
And this is a way to do that. I'm not saying it'll never happen. I'm not saying it won't happen. What I'm saying is it won't happen anytime soon until something changes. And we'll, of course, let you know if something changes. But right now, it just seems like one of those, this is an exercise in communication between these corporations. This is more or less a follow-up to what was at the end of last year when people were figuring out, like, oh, Paramount and Comcast are going to merge because CEOs are talking to each other. Yes, no. They're no. if they're going to merge, it's going to be with the streaming services. If that even happens, or right. maybe we get um, Hulu two point with yeah. Paramount, Peacock, and CW, C whatever they want to call themselves. <laughs> <laughs> <We're awful name. laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I don't think any movements going to happen on this anytime yeah. soon. All right, let's move on then. Uh, we watched some television this week, a handful of programs. Uh, do you want to tell me about Super Bowl follow-up program Tracker on yes. CBS? So last time we talked here, did not get a chance to watch it. I have no. since. Um, and that pilot is a pilot-ass pilot. As pilot-ass pilot pilots. Are. But, okay, so... Justin Hartley from This Is Us is a mercenary. No, mercenary is a bad term. He calls himself a rewardist. I don't like so that. So whenever people go missing and a family's put out a reward for finding or any additional information, that's how he makes his living. Very off the beaten path, very cash, like under the table kind of situation. He seems very off grid. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> And works um, to help track missing people or whatever the reward is. Most of the time it's, hey, this person's gone missing. Here's a reward. Please help us like find this person. Hence, tracker. Please help us track this person down. Yeah. So when this thing opens, um, it is very convenient that if you're going to be rescued, you'd be rescued by someone who's good looking like Justin Hartley. I mean, if it's going to happen, you might as well. If it's going to happen and be like, wait, is this a day? Is this actually happening? <laughs> Justin Harley's not a bad face to be looking at if you're coming to. <laughs> so that's how it opens. Um, and at every single moment in this pilot, it seems like we need to stop what we're doing and address like what it is that I'm doing. Address who I am. Address my relationship with this character. And because like you're with poker face it's always a new town a new city a mm -hmm. new cast of characters that you're interacting with so at well, some point during this pilot i'm thinking wait are you gonna have to explain yourself every single episode because you live off the grid and people don't know who you are so you're just rolling into town saying you're gonna help and you have to give the same spiel over and over again that's gonna get annoying. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know, do you see legs with this thing? Surprisingly, yes, I do. Um, I think that it's an interesting take of like, a missing person's um, kind of uh, show. I'm trying to think of like the serialization name for it, but I couldn't. <laughs> uh, I think it's an interesting take on it. Uh, I think people like looking for reward money um, are people making a living 
off of reward money. Both is kind of sketchy because you're taking advantage of other people's um, yeah. downfall and misery and like frightening state. But at the end, if you end up helping them, like, yeah, you're the good guy. Like, yeah, I'm doing something good here. I'm not doing it for the reward, even though money is nice when they put up $25,000, $50,000, $100,000 for like finding my boy, finding my daughter, like finding out what happened to my family member. Like, yeah, that's a pretty good way to probably make a living. Does it but, spend a lot of time delving into that or is it mostly no, no, just a serial it, show? It, yeah. it really tries to say, hey, don't uh-huh. think about the money. I'm here <laughs> to help the family. Don't think about the ethics of the situation. You just are going, they just want you to be like, it's like, have you, have you seen that meme where it's uh, the Gundam meme where the guy's going, wow, cool robot and like anti-war like shit going over his head yeah i'm imagining this for tracker it's like like wow cool action guy and right over their head is is ethics of like mercenaries (laughs) well it also gets into the ethical gray area because in order to get the additional information that the police don't have yeah or would be able to find you gotta break some laws like unfortunately onto someone's phone Breaking getting, into a restaurant, looking at security cameras. I'm getting 24 vibes. Am I on the right track here? Um, track, get it? Yeah, track. <laughs> uh, not a little bit. Like 24, di- like diet 24, like light. Super yeah. diet 24. Yeah. Because uh, it's not like a, yes, there is a ticking clock. Right. Like, But it's not like a not the point. 24 hour mystery or 48 hour mystery ticking yeah. clock kind of thing. Um, rather than an actual like twenty four hour ticking clock, yeah. Um, but yeah, it does definitely delve into like gray legal areas of hey, I got the, I can't tell you how I got this information, but <laughs> I got you the information piece, Mister Police Officer, that you were missing. <laughs> I gave you. I all gave you clues. all the clues. <laughs> 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 and even like when they're doing a debrief, like the cops with the family and Justin Hartley's there and the and the cops going okay they're in this woods it's a 20 like 200 acre search area we're gonna like comb this one by area by area and just Hartley stops and is like no you're not I know where they're going here is a picture that you missed Mr. Police Officer they're going to this location <laughs> yeah I don't know this and then the, like... the cops looking like who the hell are you as he should be and yeah. guess what he has to go through the whole spiel again, which is when I had that revelation. Like, wow, every time he meets a, a new person, he's got to go through the whole spiel of who he is and what he does. Sounds pretty tedious. The pilot is very tedious, but it's also very yeah. piloty pilot. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe, maybe a second episode, maybe they'll get the hit the ground running. But even I, then, there's there definitely like little... legs in here. Yeah, uh, but it feels a little structurey, a little too serially. It feels like this is well. I mean, let's let's be real. It's a CBS primetime drama, so it's going to yeah. fall into the same category that most of those do. Which... Right, but I just think that the uh, reward, uh, the idea of finding missing people, yeah. even if it is for just doing it for the reward, I would like to see some episodes of. Oh, I just have to stumble into this. And I can help out, even if it's not on my reward tracker list that I'm <laughs> going around doing. He has a tracker list? 
uh, he has handlers who provide him uh, details of, hey, this reward just got posted in this city. Drive over there and go to this address and get more information. All right. Well, the ultimate question then, will you be at least trying out another episode of Tracker or are you moving on with your life? I will try out another episode. I think okay. this there's some good structure in here. Like I said, getting outside of the piloty pilot, I think there's some good structure here. Much the same like kind of gleams that I saw when Equalizer with La, uh, Queen Latifah <laughs> right. 30 years ago when they followed the Super Bowl. I was like, oh, there's actually some good stuff in here. And that still ended up getting three, four seasons. So I could see that here too as well. All right. Well, we'll have to wait and see on that one. In the meantime, I want to talk briefly about a couple things that I watched this week. Two brand new shows, uh, one on Amazon Prime and one on Apple TV Plus. We'll I start you with swore Amazon. Off Amazon Prime, huh? What? I you swore off Amazon Prime. Uh, well, see, I'm paying for it no matter what because I pay for my sister's account. Uh, so I just decide at so as I, I decided at some point I was like, well, am I already paying them? I might as well take advantage occasionally if there's something on it that seems interesting. So. Them's the breaks. And so, yeah, um, I checked out the film accompaniment to the album you mentioned earlier, Jennifer Lopez's This Is Me, dot, 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 now. And yeah, she's put out a, I don't know exactly how to describe it. It is both a visual album to accompany the album, but doesn't contain all the songs on the album. That's key. It's not necessarily musical, though, in traditional terms. It's that, but it's also kind of this fantasy narrative that loops in things that are loosely based on her actual real life experience, but with very heavy like fantasy elements. So there's dream sequences, there's celebrity cameos, like a lot of celebrity cameos. And it's just a trip, man. There's some special effects in this thing that are kind of expensive looking. It's ambitious. And adventurous, and in a, th- in a way that I did not expect from Jennifer Lopez, of all people. If you have Amazon and you're interested in all in the album, it is definitely an interesting way to accompany it. Uh, so this is just part one of the Jennifer Lopez um, um, experience, because on the 27th, there will also be a documentary that she's putting out that is more about her actual life. Uh, that is also as a command- companion piece to the to the album. So yeah, if you like J-Lo, there's a lot of J-Lo. And this is just a, a piece of the experience. So uh, it's interesting. It's wild. Um, I think that anybody with Amazon should at least check this out to see how weird it is. Because it is weird. But it's a weird and entertainment, entertaining fun time. So I had a question then. <laughs> As I was listening to This Is Me Now, the soundtrack... The the Um, album. The album. Um, I couldn't help but notice that it was a lot of very uh, sexual language, provocative language, (laughs) very like, hey, look at me, come get me. Ooh-wee, I am like hypnotizing you with my sexual um, voice and uh, uh, audio accompaniment. And then I have to stop and be like, wait, she's like 50, right? <laughs> hey, well, first of all, there is nothing wrong with that. No, but uh, I mean, <laughs> it seems like she's seen the same kind of like love seduction songs that she was singing twenty years ago. I mean, yeah, thirty I mean, years it's, ago. 
that's the thing with Jennifer Lopez is she's never stopped and nor should she in my opinion <laughs> um and yeah I think that's just how she that's just the kind of performer she is the kind of song she likes to sing yeah 54 yeah this leans into that in 69 a, this leans into that like there's a kind of a running joke I had with uh, Christy when we were watching it is that her friends look like they're like 20 to 20 years younger than she is like the people that she casts as her friends and it's very mm -hmm. funny because it's like well she also looks like 20 years younger than she is so all bets are off at this point like <laughs> she can live in whatever universe she wants because she's Jennifer Lopez I mean that's the thing is you kind of have to remember that she's not she's not 54 in a lot of the way that a lot of people are 54 but at the same right. time there's nothing wrong with being 54 and you should absolutely embrace your sexuality at any age um so yeah it's it's definitely very her and that's good because that's what she's going for this is kind of her part of her i guess trying to make a huge comeback and i think it's working for the most part it seems like she has a sense of humor about herself and that's good because i think more performers in her kind of uh tier of entertainers should absolutely have a sense of humor about themselves you can't be self-serious all the time and this proves that she's at least like aware of that i don't know it just felt like i was thrown back 20 years ago to when yeah. was it 25 years ago that this is me dot 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 then exactly yeah was um, that goes to show you uh that it's been a while and um yeah it doesn't seem to have taken any like she doesn't seem to have slowed down very much is what i will say mm -hmm. all right then the second thing uh that i watched a little bit more family friendly on apple tv plus as part of their ongoing Snoopy Presents series where they uh, make new peanut specials. Um, the newest one is about none other than Franklin. Um, and it's called Welcome Home, Franklin. This is sweet. This is basically an origin story of sorts for Franklin, the character from the Peanuts comics. How he meets the Peanuts squad, including Charlie Brown, how they become best friends. It's very cute. It's quaint. Um... The animation is impressive. It's the same as you've seen in the other Snoopy specials that they've done on Apple TV. Um, it doesn't do anything too wild or inventive. Um, it has some uh, Peanuts movie style popular song needle drops, but they're not distracting because they're at least era appropriate this time. <laughs> they pick stuff from the 60s where this clearly takes place. So it is nice that they at least paid attention that much. Um, but yeah, it's sweet, and it finally uh, retcons or redoes an element that I think bugged a lot of people in the Thanksgiving special from the 70s, in which Franklin is sat across the table at the Thanksgiving dinner and is isolated from the rest of the group. Mm -hmm. There is a scene that starts that way in the special, but then they invite him over to sit them on, sit on their side. There's a very cute like acknowledgement yeah. of that scene and correction um over time it's very sweet and it doesn't shy away from uh some race stuff i mean it's very boiled down for kids but at the same time you do get like franklin being aware and pointing out that he is um not a majority in the world of the peanuts uh characters and there's a conversation kind of like a little cultural exchange conversation that he has with charlie brown during one season where he's or scene where he's introducing him to like you know, blues and jazz musicians that he didn't hear hear about before. It's cute. Um, I think it does a good job of being like, yes, we want to celebrate this character of Franklin, celebrate why he's important, and bring him into to the fold in, properly for a new generation. It's cool. 
Okay. Is it just one episode or like yep, one special? Just a special. It's just a um I want to say it's about 30 something minutes. It's very short. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Right. Um I did watch one other thing, but it's a continuation because it's it was Valentine's Day and it's back. <laughs> Love yes. is blind, season six. Uh, I won't say anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need to say is Love is Blind continues. Yes. They are back and they are blinded. <laughs> they are blinded. All right, let's move on. I'm not blinded by cancellations and renewals, are you? No, but what am I no longer watching? You're no longer watching This Fool. Actually, you're watching This Fool every week. I'm talking about the television show This Fool on Hulu. It has been canceled after two seasons. Which means you can watch the entire series on Hulu. If you want. I don't even know what that is. Evil, meanwhile, has been canceled. Good news, everybody. Evil has been canceled. It's good from here on out. No, I'm sorry. The television show Evil has been canceled after four seasons on Paramount+. Plus. Sorry. Then, in renewal news, Sci-Fi is bringing back a show called Surreal Estate for a third season. I also don't know what this is. I don't know, but that's a good name. Good name. <laughs> yeah, we got three good seasons. <laughs> then in Deaths, we have a little crossover with politics this week as Russian opposition uh, leader and lawyer Alexei Navalny has passed at age 47 was, of course, the subject of the Oscar-winning documentary about his life, Navalny, which came out a few years ago. Um, last this... year, I want to say. Last year, all right. So, well, yeah. well, two years ago, but one last year. I mean, uh, needless to say, if you're not familiar, uh, this is a unfortunate blow to the opposition movement against the uh, Putin regime in Russia. It continued... Um, effort from the Putin regime to slowly erode the opposition. It's very unfortunate and politically it may have some consequences. Um, but yeah, if you want to learn more about him, watch that documentary. Let's move on because we're not a politics podcast. We're about stuff. We're about art, I guess you could say. Media, if you will. It's in our name. So we will continue uh, with the media by talking about movies and we always start the movie section with the weekend box office numbers. Your number one movie this week is Bob Marley colon One Love with $23.8 million this week. That's sitting at $46.2 million total. You'll that notice that there's a discrepancy between Wednesday. the numbers because these are technically Valentine's Day releases which they benefited from the extra couple of days. So yep. that's why the totals are different. Also included in that is your number two movie this week, Madam Web, with $15.2 million. That's at $24 million total. It will earn another $15 today, as I have tickets to see it at 1 p.m. this afternoon. Hey. I want to take a bullet for the podcast. I will talk about Madam Web next week. I am excited to see just how bad this thing is. Try not to walk out of it. I will try not to walk out of it, because I spent the money. I will say, stay seated for Dakota. <laughs> I'm doing it for no relation. No, anyway. Uh, yeah, no more. Um, then number three, Argyle, $4.2 million this week, $36 million uh, total. Four, Migration, 3.4. Still here. We were way wrong. We thought it was going to crawl over 100. It's still making money somehow. Is that $115 million domestic? It's still now? a step. It's crawling, but it's now reached a full step ahead. And then that weird religious television show slash movie release chosen season four episode four through six is also here 3.4 million dollars that's at five million total yeah i feel like this is gonna happen until easter and yeah. then it goes away i think so i don't know for lent i'm gonna give up going to 
um jesus movies i think that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> all right then upcoming only this for 40 week, days what i know only for 40 days you think longer this week some um movies are coming out uh but i have no idea what any of these are but the first one at least i have context for if you're an anime fan you may be aware that another anime movie big release is happening demon slayer colon kimetsu no yaiba to the hashira training did i get that all right yes <laughs> okay that is in theaters this week uh we also have something called drive away dolls uh action comedy about like a breakup that's a weird title for that and then ordinary yeah. angels so like joe adele no uh this one <laughs> is alan richson and hillary swank Okay. Uh, got it not about Drama joe piece. Adele. not about joe adele no. no okay anyway but of course everybody uh is waiting for the following week which of course is dunk part two so wait until next week for that yep in the meantime let's move on to some movie news we had some breaking marvel news uh that has been highly anticipated we had heard rumors but now it's official Marvel is making TV stars into movie stars with their version of the Fantastic Four. Pedro Pascal, mostly famous for his role as the Mandalorian on Disney+, but also more recently in things like The Last of Us. He will play Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic. Vanessa Kirby from The Crown will play Sue Storm, a.k.a. The Invisible Woman. Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things, a Stranger Thing, if you will. That's what we call them here in our household. If somebody has been in Stranger Things, we say, oh, a Stranger Thing is in that. <laughs> it's just an easy way to remember them. Uh, plays Johnny Storm, a.k.a. the Human Torch. And none other than the cousin himself, Ebon Moss Backrack from The Bear, will be playing Ben Grimm. Yes, The Thing. CG is going to help him, I think, a lot in this role. <laughs> I mean, I would hope so. I mean, he doesn't he look like yells. Michael Chiklis, but who does? No. <laughs> so, but he does have a good uh, throwing voice, though. <laughs> it's true. Oh, yeah, no. Voice-wise, it's perfect. I can't yes. wait for that. Um, WandaVision helmer Matt Shackman is directing the Fantastic Four off a script by Josh Friedman, Jeff Kaplan, and Ian Springer. Disney also said Wednesday that it is swapping Fantastic Four and Thunderbolts' release dates in 2025. The latter will now kick off summer on May 2nd, while the Fantastic Four will hit theaters on July 25th. Those are next year's hell. Yes. Fan with the announcement of Fantastic Four, we are officially, uh, what is it, 6, 18, 17 months away from that film being yeah. on screens? So they pretty much had to announce it, like announce the cast now because they're going to shoot in like two weeks <laughs> right they have to finish this movie pretty soon so yeah um congratulations as you said it's cool to see a lot of tv talent getting upgraded here a lot of familiar and well-loved faces getting the marvel treatment getting invited into the mcu like pedro pascal which is what i will name my cat uh <laughs> like just some wonderful names here everybody loves these guys and it's cool to see them um getting the getting uh to have be part of such a big important project in the mcu is this do we want to put our money down now is this the comeback movie for the mcu do you think that they've taken their their what their lumps here they're hoping that the popularity of the fantastic four is what injects new life into the franchise no because no. marvel has okay. only one film coming out this year 2024 right. 
It is currently titled Deadpool and Wolverine. Yeah. Rumor titles is expected to change. Right. Um, but that will both kick off the next phase, but also the Thunderbolts will more or less end that previous phase. Here's my issue with that, and I've seen a lot of people say that as well, but my issue with that is is that the Deadpool series seems detached from the MCU proper. It's R-rated. It is not for the, you know, the demographic that they typically want to see these Marvel films. Is that changing with this third film? Is there something that I don't know about? Because I'm assuming you can't put out a Deadpool movie without letting Deadpool be Deadpool. And Well, they're trying to put out a daredevil tv mm-hmm. show yeah with the r rated they did it with the echo uh tv yeah. show being an but, m rating but let's be real here the mature content in those dead uh, the daredevil stuff is different from the kind of stuff you get from deadpool yes so i feel like that also feels detached to me i'm just saying that for the people for the widest audience possible for these middle in the road pg-13 marvel movies I just can't see, unless they're making severe changes to the character, I can't see this Deadpool movie being the thing that ushers them into the next phase. I mean, you're right in that aspect because Fantastic Four is the film to usher in the next yes. phase. It because that leads thing. into Doctor Doom yeah. as the main villain. It also leads into Galactus as a big bad, um, especially since rumors abound. Galactus will help tie, who is a world eater, will help <laughs> tie into what was um, the Eternals, where the world right. was an egg, apparently. Um, <laughs> apparently, if you saw that movie, which not that yes, as well as fantastic with Doctor Doom being a big major proponent of Battle World, which was part of Secret Wars, which is the <laughs> upcoming Avengers movie that they already announced with Secret Wars. Be like, hey, lost. Must have Doctor Doom in there somewhere. You must have Fantastic Four in there somewhere. You lost me at Secret World. Secret Wars. <laughs> I thought you said Secret World. Well, no, they like, make Battle the World. Battle which World, is, which is part of Secret Wars. I don't know. None of this makes any sense to me. All I know is, from a layman's perspective, which I am essentially the layman's perspective here because I know nothing, very yes. little about comic books. What I'll say is. From me, I can't see, like, yes, the Deadpool movies are successful, but they still feel like they're not MCU proper. I realize that they're trying to lump everything into the same bucket now, but to the average person, I think they still view those things, oh, those are different. Those are separate. This isn't the Avengers. I think this is what this is eventually going to be, is Deadpool kills the Fox universe and help, like, that transition of, now let's bring X-Men characters into the mcu did you ever think that's actually a good point and we'll wrap up the conversation i think with this um is did you ever think that they were going to make a fantastic four again before they touched the x-men stuff because i feel like for a while they were hinting so heavily that x-men was next x-men was next and yes i realized that this wolverine thing and deadpool is kind of them beating the fantastic four thing but i still feel like there was going to be some sort of tentpole x-men release before they were going to touch fantastic four but there is did plans change no there is still 
Dexter ninety seven, the animated now, series. Again, will come out separate. later this year. On that Disney feels Plus. different. That's a continuation of an yes, animated you want, like, show from an the MCU. 90s. Yes, you want an MCU film though. Those films, because I feel like they've made a point to separate these universes on purpose. And for us to pretend that they're all part of the same thing. Yes. I don't know. I've seen like... some um tinfoil hat rumors <laughs> going around that they're going to change King Dynasty to just be Battle World and change sense. Secret Wars to be Avengers versus X-Men. Okay. Okay. As their way of introducing and just reusing the characters from the Fox universe. I guess 10 years post when they last played them. Yeah. I'm just saying, I think where I'm coming from, why I'm so confused by all this stuff is because my understanding, based on the things that they've been saying as a company in the last six months, is that they were going to simplify all this shit, that it was going to be less complicated, that they were going to focus on the franchises that worked, and there was going to be less homework to do, you know, about the MCU and Star Wars and all these franchises that Disney owns. But what you're describing seems way too complicated for that to be true. And so what I'm saying is, like, there's got to be a way for them to streamline this shit and divide these where necessary and I, is it the fans that are making these things more complicated than they need to be? Because I think that it just seems contrary to what they said they were going to do. Hit foil hat. <laughs> yes. Post credit scene for mm. Deadpool is that he just goes around and kills all the Disney Plus characters. Oh, no. That they created. Be like, oh, yeah, nope, no longer have to worry about it. No longer have to worry about this. No longer have to worry about that. <laughs> I mean, that would be a way to do it. Uh, I don't know. Again, I don't really have that much investment anyways. I'm just, I am just trying to figure out what this means. Like, is if any of this is important and any of this is going to matter. And with the stuff Fantastic like this being as complicated will matter as, because it is yeah. the Marvel's first family. And it's, much like yeah. with Robert Downey Jr. being in the role for 15 years, right. I think they're expecting the same thing with these four main characters and to be yeah. in the roles for the next 15 years. And that goes back to what I said initially, which is I think that's the thing we're waiting for because everything, all of this other stuff just seems superfluous and isn't going to mean anything to, you know, your friend who isn't as online as you are. And that's the person that they've got to get to care again because that person mm -hmm. stopped caring two years ago, three yep. years ago, maybe longer. That's maybe the person they got to get back. Fantastic Four is that movie. It's not any of these other movies. Right. <laughs> Anyways, we have until 2025 yeah, to, find to out. worry about that. So, That's true. in the meantime, did you watch <laughs> anything else? Uh, no, no movies. Um, I believe you're supposed to watch Oppenheimer. Well, I have a job again now, so I don't have like the you know several hours during the middle of the day where I can watch a three hour film anymore. Um, I'm going to have to really figure out what my time is going to look like from now on. So, um, Today, when I'm not watching uh, Madam Web, perhaps when I get home, maybe I will spin up Oppenheimer. So watch this space. Maybe I'll be able to talk about it next week. But uh, you have to for your Oscar watch. Yeah, and then I, you know, who knows? Anything could happen. So we'll see. Yep. So yeah, you watch Oppenheimer on Peacock, and then I'll watch the Holdovers on Peacock. Yes, yes, do and then so. we cover both bases. But in the meantime, in the meantime, thank you. 
that'll do it for today's Media Boat Podcast. If you want to see an archive of our video versions of the podcast and see our little mugs, you can do so on YouTube. Search YouTube for Media Boat Podcast on there. You'll find our video podcast as well as some other video features that we've done recently and in the past. You can also subscribe to get notifications when new videos go up, such as the video version of the podcast, now loading on Sundays. You can also find us in audio form on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts, search Media Boat, and you'll find us. You can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter or X as Media Boatcast, Blue Sky, Media Boat. Just search that and you'll find mediaboat.bsky.social. You can also find us playing video games every once in a while. Mike might play more, uh, what the hell was Hawked. that game called? Hawked. The bad name. Not Tony. Uh, yeah, not Hawken either. That's a different game. Um, you can play Hawken on, Hawken time, goddamn Hawked on twitch.tv slash mediaboat. <laughs> it got me. Um, Facebook Media Boat Podcast, search that, find us there. MediaBoatPodcast.com is where you can find an archive of our shows and special write-ups, like the one I did on Valentine's Day about which video game consoles you should date and which ones you should run from. That sounds funny to you. Check that out. MediaBoatPodcast.com. And lastly, if you want to ask us questions, complain why I didn't include any Sega consoles on that write-up, or if you just want to say whatever you want, uh, email us at MediaBoatPodcast at gmail.com, and we'll read your question here on the show. I'll do it. So stay tuned for next week with another episode. We'll have all of that stuff and more breaking news, whatever happens in the meantime. We'll have all that for you next week on the next episode of the Media Boat Podcast. We'll have more news, more thoughts, winners of the NBA All-Star Game. Who is the current champion of NASCAR? Because they'll race tomorrow on Monday and all that and more next time. So see you then. All right. Bye. Bye.